0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purple Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and I have with me, as always, my co-host, Grant McGalliard. Grant, I've got to tell you, I've been up on the mountain and I've seen his wondrous grace. I've sat there on the bar stool and I've looked him in the face. He seemed a little haggard, but it did not slow him down. He was humming to the neon of the universal sound. How are you this evening?
1: I was going to say I'm better now, but I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> I heard that on the radio driving home this <laughs> afternoon, and I was like, "That's it. That's the intro tonight." It,
1: let me tell you, it's it's the, it might be the best Tyler Childers song. Like, it fits top to bottom. It, it does fit.
0: I, oh, think. I don't know. We saw him in life. we saw him in Red Rocks the other day, and uh, a couple a couple weeks ago, not the other day. And they did he did Universal Sound, and Red Rocks is just incredible. You got to go to it once. And they had these white lights that just kind of went floor to ceiling during the song. It was incredible. Oh, it's so great. Goosebumps. Th-
1: this almost might be a follow you to Virgie uh, mood, depending on your your uh, your read of the situation at TCU. But um,
0: That is going Im- to imply a lot that may not exist about Gary Patterson's pre-TCU life. Back for all those calloused hands. Yeah, well, there, there's a there.
1: Work. <laughs> yeah, well, what are you going to do? Uh,
0: Parker, all right, look. <laughs> Grant, can we not happened. have a terrible podcast? Can we just have one that's not terrible? <laughs> a lot's happened. We
1: we talked with Jamie and Melissa and Colin Post on the, the the Frogs of War live shows Sunday and Monday.
0: We don't need to rehash those are all of still our up. Takes. You, still yeah, up, those are still way, up. You can go them. read those. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and go listen to them. Um, but since we've last recorded a podcast, Gary Patterson is no longer the head football coach at TCU. Uh, there, there there are there there are hours of of content. I think we could. Um, have about Gary's tenure, the end, how it happened, what this means. We don't have hours of time. My dog is currently biting a chair after getting uh, fixed on Monday or Tuesday. Excuse mm. me. Um, he's the only person that's had a worse week than Gary Patterson. So d- d- you proposed on Twitter that we would sort of limit our discussion of Gary to eight and a half minutes. Arbitrary as hell but I'm here for it. Do you want to get that done off the top?
0: Well, eight and a half was the over under this season. Wasn't it?
1: Is that why you did that?
0: <laughs> I thought Great. that was clever as hell. Great. So we'll go for four. <laughs> uh, uh, so the answer is no, we can't have a terrible <laughs> podcast. We're going to do a terrible one again tonight. I apologize. Yeah. So let's, let's talk through some of these. Give me on a timer. We'll just, we'll just go through all right, some all right, of these. All right, all right. Um, Charlie Hogue says, how does it feel to be blocked by GP, then unblocked, and now giving final thoughts? Gary never blocked me, nerd. Um, Gary unfollowed me, and I immediately DM'd him, and he followed me back, and we're friends. So um, I've talked to him since he's been fired. I don't know how many people have said that. No, well, he wasn't fired. Sorry.
1: Yeah, watch it. Watch it. Watch it now. Sorry. Since, he since doesn't he's no longer this. the head coach. No, I know.
0: Well- I talked to him since he's since he's been uh, no longer the head coach of TCU. So suck it, Charlie.
1: All right. Uh, what else do we got on Twitter? I had some pulled up here. Uh, There's a couple
0: good ones here. Uh, Mason Trine asked, "Which year or season was his best coaching performance, and why?"
1: I think the the Alamo Bowl year w- with Kenny Hill was extremely mm. good because that team, like, okay, they, it had parts, but they did not. They should not have made the V-12 championship game, and they did. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, do you have a different answer?
0: No. My only other answer would be 2014, which is, like, obviously the best season. Yeah. Um, and just saying, like, the best season was his best coaching performance. The defense was so sure. tight. The offense scored a bunch. Yeah. Um, but I think either of those are, 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 are good. Um, I think there's an argument to be made about 2005 where they beat Oklahoma. And then they lost to SMU. And so that's that's kind of bittersweet. But but um maybe maybe one of those earlier seasons. But generally, I mean, that two thousand eight to two thousand fifteen run for Gary Patterson might be unparalleled by anybody not named Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was a guy who like he deserved to be ranked top four, top three, and all those like, oh, who's the best coach in college football rankings that everyone does every year? He totally earned yep. it. That, that six-year yep. stretch, seven-year stretch was absolutely unbelievable. Um, I like this one from J.D. Moore. Uh, let's assume Gary wants another coaching job. What's the ceiling for him post-TCU? Is he a Power 5 head coaching candidate, uh, a G5, or an assistant uh, DC somewhere?
0: Um, I got to think about what I want to say there. Um, I think that Gary is too wise to take a P5, uh, a G5 job. I think that he is too proud to take a coordinator job at the college level. I think that given what I know about him and what he and I have talked about, he would love to go be an analyst and be in the booth. And so I think he'll talk about that a little bit. I do think there's a stint in the NFL, kind of a la uh, Brett Bielema uh, for Gary Patterson. Again, you cannot underrate his defensive knowledge. I think that any NFL team would be better off by bringing him in and having him consult. And so I think he'll bounce. I think he'll do a little NFL stint. But I really, um, Grant, I would be shocked and disappointed if he took a, any kind of job at the collegiate level. Um, given his age and his career goals, um, I, I think that the most likely is he does a coaching job in the NFL, whether that's an analyst or a consultant or a defensive coordinator, and then he goes into the booth. What do you think?
1: I completely agree, and I wanted to make sure we we're on the same page. When you say booth, you mean television booth.
0: Yeah, being yeah. TV guy, taking over for Lee Corso, being national championship coaches room, all that stuff. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. He's proven himself to be very good at that, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's his next move. I, I He's
0: very fun on camera. Yeah. He's very fun on camera, and,
1: and as you mentioned, the dude knows a ton. I could see him going to the NFL. I, I think if the right P5 program asked, I could see him doing it. But I think his age—I mean, he's, he's, what, 61, 62?
0: Um, I think he's smarter than taking a P five job. Yeah, I, know, I think
1: you might be right because he's not going to have the same level of control at any P five job that he had at No. TCU.
0: It's not going to be the same.
1: No, it's not. And so that 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 and his age probably create. You know, he wouldn't fit in at a lot of places, and a lot of places are probably looking to go younger at the position. Um, so I, I'm with you there. I, I think an NFL DC job or straight to the booth. Um, yeah, I, I could 100 percent see that. Uh, Matt Kofelt
0: asks, what's your favorite Rose Bowl, non Rose Bowl GP win? Um, and he says, 2011 Boise gets my vote, which was a very spicy win. That was a very fun game. Um, and so I like that one a whole lot.
1: I like it a lot. I, I think for me personally, I mean, I'm younger than a lot of people to listen to this podcast. I think so. There's one that's like uh, 2014 Oklahoma was just a masterclass. I mean, there's no two ways around it. Um, And Gary would hate my other answer, but the Tech win in 2015, just in terms of like wins that I've been watching TCU, I mean, there was no defense played in that game at all, so it wasn't a very Patterson win. But God, that was, I love that game so much.
0: Emotional investment. Yeah, very, very good. I was going to go also with a 2015 win, homecoming. Texas TCU scores thirty points in the first quarter and they win fifty to seven. Uh, extremely satisfying. One of the one of the highlights for sure. Obviously, both Alamo bowls were very fun. I think the Cheez It Bowl was very fun. Um, for me, though, I'm going to go offbeat. I wrote about the. Okay, this is an offbeat. Everyone who's followed me for more than two years knows about this. Grant, 2017. <laughs> Mike Gundy says. I don't know what anyone would do to stop our offense. And TCU goes to Stillwater and drops the GD, MF, and Stone Cold Stunner on Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Darius Anderson broke so many people's ankles. Oklahoma State ran the worst trick play in the history of trick plays. Uh, that one is, is particularly delicious for me. And so I think that's probably my answer is 2017 Oklahoma state was just so fun.
1: I want to give a shout out to, to the, was it 62,
0: 22 Baylor game as well, which just has Mm. a special place in my heart. People Uh, are wearing black. They're selling uh, hashtag CAB shirts outside and TCU just absolutely just whips them. The hell out of them.
1: Um, this is a tough question and i don't necessarily i don't i can't put my mind uh in gary's mind um from Allie miller who do we think coach p would pick as his replacement i have a joke answer but Go i'm ahead. not going to do that uh jared, uh, jared anderson um the, the real answer i was gonna say uh as parker vomits into a trash can on screen i would say paul gonzalez probably hire internally and keep the consistency going but you know more about that than i do who would you say ah. you're uh your replacement answer for Gary would be.
0: Yeah. One shout out to Ali Miller. She engages on a lot of things. Loyal listener. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, I think that, um, Gary Patterson kind of has a mentality rightfully so of like Tigger and Winnie the Pooh, where he says the most wonderful thing about Tigger is I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Yep. And, uh, and so that's kind of interesting. I think, I think he really does see himself as a mentor to Paul. Um, and, and, uh, Paul Gonzalez and, and says, you know, you could, you could do this one day. I think Paul can do it now, but, um, so th- that's a really good answer. I do worry that, um, the Fuentes thing could be interesting or, I mean, Gary Patterson has a lot of love in his heart for Sonny Cumbi, I think. And, and, and so I, all I'll say in answer to that question is like, I'm glad he's not choosing because I would be unhappy with many of the choices that he can make. I think there's like two more that I want to address. Um, so Doug Doug Anders asked two. And so I'll address the first one, Grant, and then I'll ask you the second one. He, he said, did GP say, I'm out of here, see ya, or let's get this transition started. It's time and I'm here to help. Um, neither. Um, it just was evident that he was not having fun coaching anymore and that his, his quest to get 200 career wins, which was his goal here at the end, was just not going to be fruitful and it wasn't going to be best for TCU long-term. And so the reason that people are talking about this being a firing and the reason it happened in midseason is legitimately, uh, I'm comfortable saying this, so Grant, edit this if, if I need to. But basically, um, Jeremiah Donati called, I mean, I mean, uh, allegedly on the plane on the way home, uh, m- Mrs. Coach P and Coach P were very sad. They kind of understood this. this isn't going to work for very long. Um, Donati called Gary into his office on Sunday. They had everyone there. They had the board, whatever. And they were saying, Hey, we, we need to speed this transition up. We don't think we can do this anymore. Um, why don't we have you coach out the rest of the season transition to special assistant athletic director and, uh, and we'll make, you know, Kansas will be Gary Patterson day. We'll have a parade, whatever. And I think Gary was a little embarrassed by that especially not, not embarrassed in the sense of like, you're not doing good at your job. Embarrassed in the sense of like, that's too much fanfare. I don't want that. Kind of like, you know, I skipped graduation. It wasn't fun. Um, That, that kind of thing. And so he just said, you know what? If this isn't going to work, start your search. I'm going to leave now. Um, I'll get out of the way. And so um, there was some bitterness there. There was some unhappiness. I don't, I don't think it worked out great for anyone, but um, it's kind of in the middle of Gary definitely didn't like flip the double birds and say, I'm out. Screw you guys. Gary also didn't say, hi, uh, athletic director Donati. I don't think I can handle the job. Why don't you make this transition? It was, it was in between those two.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, His other one would say,
0: how would Gary feel if the Boise Dalton, which is too nice of an epithet for this guy, Kellen Moore took over the frogs. Uh, Grant, Is Kellen Moore, an NFL offensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys, going to take a head coaching job at TCU?
1: No. Would I I be all all aboard? Yes. They're two two totally different things. We'll talk about coaching. Is Kellen Moore
0: kind of annoyed at his agent's choice to engage this job as a (laughs) way to leverage a higher salary
1: for him? He's like, hey, man. Like... Who they? I, can't I understand who what you're doing
0: do we right. have to do it like this
1: man like i gotta be honest Dak might not be playing like i got a lot of emails i gotta answer like we i this is stop wasting my time um,
0: you don't think at any point kellen moore was like bro usc is open and you're gonna link me to tcu come on dude
1: <laughs> uh, maybe he assumes <laughs> yeah okay no i am not want to go down that road um the other uh blink and riley asked what's your favorite song is he talking about gary or in general
0: I believe so. Um, my favorite song is Gary doing a cover of Hal Ketchum's Small Town Saturday Night.
1: Great. I ride hard for Take a Step Back.
0: Uh, okay. Also, The Fireman. He does a great cover of The Fireman. It's pretty good, too. Does he really? Oh, I think I've seen that. He, he does, Yeah, actually. dude. Yeah. He does The Fireman great. I've seen The Yeah, The Fireman's great. Um, the other one I ask is- Were you is, about is, to I'll, say-
1: I'll, Hold on. Hold on. Were you about to say I've seen The Fireman live? No. Okay. I would just start just the way you phrased that. <laughs>
0: I would never funny. say that. Yeah, go ahead. I'm nobody. I don't know anyone. I've never been anywhere. No one can <laughs> identify me in person. I can cut no this one, like. No one can definitely come up to me at Thompson's Bar on Friday night after I've been at a wedding and say, hey, are you Stats of War? And my wife immediately turn and walk away because she's like, nope, this is not a thing that happens.
1: You must believe in the world.
0: Shout out to the person who did that. I'm glad you said, hey, I'm not making fun of you. I'm making fun of my wife who was like, no, I'm very embarrassed that you have fans. Um,
1: <laughs> Are there any more questions that we had? Yes, through you right one now. more. Okay.
0: Um, Scott Wildcat, I'll kind of model this. What do, what do you think is most likely for Gary next? And he says, chill for a year, become an analyst, become a DC, become a head coach somewhere else, get into TV media, retire forever and we never see him again. We kind of answered that a little bit with the ceiling. But I, I think the most likely thing is, I, I do think that if Gary's vision had been carried out and he retired after like 2022 or 2023 with 200 career wins he would go to the booth very easily. Yeah. I do think he'll try to coach again, whether that's being an analyst, but I, I think it'll be at the NFL level. I do not think he'll coach at college.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I wouldn't, can I tell you that I, I would not be surprised if he retired. I, I think and the just balance just walked of, away
0: into the sunset?
1: I think, the, ba- I think the, the balance of likeliness, or that's not the right way to say it, the balance of probability is that he will continue to be around football. I think there's a ten percent chance he says, uh, "I'll show up at a couple of events, but I'm retiring." But that's you know more about it than I do. Um, I, I, I don't know.
0: That's all. That's all I have on that thread. So
1: yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Too. I, I'm not
0: gonna ask for. I'm not gonna ask for like closing thoughts or whatever. Um, I mean, we can do that other time. This offseason, season, we'll have plenty of time. We talked about it this week. That's just look, man. It's weird. TCU made a coaching change. It wasn't necessarily expected, and uh, there's a lot of weirdness. Grant, do you want to talk about? Let's let's push um, candidates to the end. Let's talk about football. Okay, but that means you have to okay talk about ba-
1: yeah. But we have to talk about Baylor though.
0: We do have to talk about Baylor. So Baylor comes to TCU. Um uh, Baylor is currently 7 and 1 after just not, not screwing up a couple of games. Um, honestly, uh, the Texas, Texas had a couple big drops that could have gone the other way. Iowa State gave up a couple special teams plays. Um, so Baylor very easily could be five and three, but they've done enough to, to be seven and one, which is um wild and way better than I predicted. We talked about in our preseason preview grant that Baylor had the skill talent and if they could just kind of do a scheme and have a pulse at quarterback, they could be pretty good grant. They have a pulse at quarterback and they're doing a pretty good scheme here. So they're 10th yeah. in EPA per play margin. They're 11th on offense. They're 39th on defense. Um, and, and they're pretty good. I, I like what new coordinator Jeff Grimes is, is doing mm-hmm. and how they're protecting Joe, uh Gary. I was going to say, I said, Joey, Jerry, Gary, Gary Bohannon. Um, and how they're kind of taking pressure off of him. They are – Um, my, my position on Baylor has not changed since maybe week two. There's something to be said for quiet competence, Grant.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and, and it is – I actually went back and listened to our preseason preview of Baylor uh, in preparation for this podcast, and I, I think – you're right. Our read was hey, listen, if a couple pieces fall, you know, they have the talent, whatever, but it's no guarantee that they will. So I, I think we sort of, right. you know, we definitely undershot Baylor's expected win total for the season, for example. But yes. what's surprised me about the Bears is just how solid they've been. I mean, top to bottom, they haven't allowed more than 30 points, or they haven't allowed at least 30 points this season in any game. They, like you said, they just I, don't. I mean,.
0: Iowa State went for two to try and recover. Okay, it's all right, an arbitrary well, whatever. Benchmark. Okay,
1: I'm ju- in caveman stats. They haven't allowed thirty points a game at any point this year. Is that better? And they,
0: it's just not shoot- informative. You're fired. I hate that. I'm gonna fight you. So <laughs> I hate you so much.
1: We, not this. Grant's week, so yeah. basic.
0: Grant's like Grant's like you disagree with me. We're fighting, man. That's just that's how we do it down here in basic. I,
1: I think I've i told you about the neon moon before.
0: Um. Anyway, <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> Grant's like actually I have multiple stories about. That. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, like within the last couple of months, but uh, no, uh, it, it, it. They're just a really good football team. David Rando's a good head coach. He's surrounded himself yeah. with good coordinators, and they have talent at the right positions. Um,
0: and I they mean, made okay. a change at coordinator when they, they were did. like, "Hey, things weren't working yeah. last year," and they made a change. Um, one thing I will say, Grant, we didn't undersell. You know who's second on the team in touchdowns? Uh, who's that? Ben Sims, the tight end. Yep. We talked about him explicitly. I did not undersell that. We were like, "Yep, that's look, man, look at what BYU did last year. They're going to use that tight end." Ben Sims' first career touchdown came against TCU last year, which was so embarrassing. Um, but uh, but man, they they really found a way to use him, and that's really what it is. Is like Jeff Grimes came in and said. Here are all the parts. Let's make a whole. And he just did a great job at that.
1: Think about how the TCU-Baylor game went last year and how differently it's going to go this year and how quickly narratives can flip at universities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: life comes at you fast, you know? It does. And I don't mean that just in a TCU-Baylor sense. I mean, it's, it's impressive that Baylor as a program has improved so drastically from last year. I I don't think they're... I don't know. I don't think they're like a top 10 team in the country, but they just execute so well and have, like you said, such a clear goal and aim. As Whereas last year, they were so much in the process of figuring things out. And they've taken such great leaps and strides in that regard that they look like a completely different program.
0: I know, Grant, I know this is Dave Aranda's sophomore season, but I'm going to make a college comparison that I think is going to work. So okay. at TCU specifically, for... People who are in fraternities or sororities, here's kind of the flow of their, their college experience.
1: Freshman dorm. Parker was in a frat. A lot of people
0: don't know that. Bro, I'm super fratty. Um, Freshman year, you're in a dorm. You're making a lot of new friends. Sophomore year, you kind of segment off and you go live in the houses, the Greek out there, those dorms out there. And you kind of, you you know, there's like a subpopulation that you're friends with or whatever. And then junior year, everyone moves off campus. And there was kind of a split, right? With me, there were people who moved off campus and they just never left the fraternity house and they lived in a house with like six other guys or and they, you know, were doing the same things they were doing sophomore year or whatever. And there was always that one guy who just like kind of went off and he, maybe he worked an internship back home for his dad in between the summer sophomore junior year and he came back and he was just very confident in himself and very introspective and he knew, "Hey man, yeah, we were all kind of around the rat race of like trying to be popular the first couple of years. I'm going to finish this out and I'm going to have a career. And Dave Aranda feels like that guy who just kind of said, yeah, I, I had fun my first two years and, and and now I know exactly who I am and what I want. And I'm capable of, of going and getting that. Um, and that's really what I think about Baylor here is just, it's not even that they're excellent at everything. It's just, they very clearly know what they want and what they want is very clearly attainable with the talent they have which cannot be said for everyone in the Big 12 right now.
1: Pi Kappa Phi member of the year, Dave Aranda, is what I'm hearing.
0: The delegate from the Democratic People's Republic of Stats War has no comment on that.
1: <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It, it, it And and Dave was always going to have to make the leap, right, from ex, like excellent defensive coordinator yeah. to head coach running a program. Like we said, he, he made the decision to kind of clean house offensively and, and change offensive coordinators, and it's worked. And... For some people, the learning curve is steep. For some people, the learning curve it ain't that steep. And Dave's learning curve apparently was not that steep because he's got Baylor humming right now.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, he's been around excellent programs for a long time, so it's and not that helps. to be unexpected. Yeah. And he, again, had the um, stones to say, hey, man, Larry Fedora, a guy who's been in college football a long time, what you're doing here is not working. I want to go a different gr- direction um, I'm going to do something else. So, like, that's that's really impressive to me.
1: No, I agree. Um, and we should talk, too, because it's not just coaching. I mean, Baylor does have a lot of talent offensively. We mentioned Bohannon. Um, we mentioned Ben Sims. But both running backs have been pretty outstanding.
0: Um, Dude, you know, okay, so they're, they're averaging – they're eighth in EPA per rush. Uh-huh, yeah. uh, 0.199 EPA per rush. Dude, how do they have two guys who are this good – the Big 12 is just full of like tandems of just excellent yeah. running back tandems.
1: It's wild. And, and, you know, Tristan Ebner's been around longer. You know, everyone always talks about him, but Abram Smith uh, um, has gotten more carries, he's averaging more yards per attempt. They're, they're kind of change of pace back. Tay McWilliams is, you know, he's only had 17 rushes, but he's averaging 10.6 yards per attempt. But Abram's got 11 touchdowns. Um, he's averaging four yards after contact. He's got 28 runs of 10 yards or more. And there, he's doing all of that through like zone running, basically, and yeah. he's just hitting his zone and going.
0: Did you did you know that Abram Smith was a linebacker last year? He kind of he was he was a running back yeah. his first year, linebacker last year, running back this year. That's wild, man! Absolutely wild. He's uh
1: he's oh Joe Lanning. There you go. Except running back, not quarterback. Well,
0: um, yeah. But what's crazy about both of them is like I think of Abram Smith more as the bruiser, and then and then um, Tristan Ebner. As kind of like this, this slippery guy, because Ebner is basically, he's kind of that wide receiver, like scat back kind of a guy. And Abram Smith averaging four yards after contact. That is extremely oppressive. I will say that is definitely, um, he and, and Ebner both had really, really good games against bad teams early on. And that kind of affects their averages. But Abram Smith, four yards after contact. Ebner, 3.6 yards after contact. These dudes are are, are getting in space and and largely because of Grimes' system, when they catch the ball, when they have the ball, they're running in space. And so their first contact is not a a mass at the line. It's kind of that second level. And then they're able to push forward after that, which is just very scary against TCU defense that has been uh, very poor. 123rd in EPA per rush allowed for TCU's defense.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and, you know, they're, they're able to sort of capitalize off really great blocking up front as well, which um, is worrisome because TCU can't take advantage against weak offensive lines and, good, and you know, average to just above average running backs, and now we have two really good running backs and, and a really good offensive line, and so TCU is going to have to find a way to sort of navigate around that with a defensive front that hasn't done it all year, call it what it is, and they've just lost a coach that, while the results haven't been great this year, is primarily focused on defense. Um so yeesh, not good.
0: No, it's uh it's it's not good at all. Um but yeah so Baylor's offense, I mean they they got a really good rushing game and I think they're definitely stronger in the rush than the pass. Um if you'll allow I, I'd be I'd be happy to go deep into the passing game. I'm a little wonky on this just because I've been following go Bohanan all season. Um, one, Tyquan Thornton, the god, 100% completion percentage, did a two-progression read on a Philly special and threw a touchdown last week against Texas in the red zone. <laughs> the dude, it's amazing. Wide receiver, he's like, nope, there's the safety. Yep, there's the guy I want. Like, that was just awesome. You're like, man, if 2019 Max Duggan had as much multiple don't, don't, readability Don't do
1: that. Don't stop it. Stop it. Don't do it. Thornton in twenty twenty. Don't do it. <laughs> We're not here for that. It's um, not what this is about.
0: What I really like about Gary Bohan, 44.8% play action, um, 67% completion on play action, 60% non-play action. They really take the ball. Uh, they really protect him. And so he's not excellent over the middle, especially downfield. Who among us is, right? But what I really love is like last week against Texas, they took two passes. Uh, he threw two interceptions and and he doesn't throw a lot of turnover-worthy plays. He only has nine on the year. That's by design, right? So most of his passes are kind of short and out or short over the middle. They're not deep at all. Um, really doesn't take a lot of deep shots. Uh, only 16.9% of his passes are are, are are deep. And so what they do with Bohannon is they just say, hey man, can you make the easy throw? Can you do the play action roll out to your right, and then find there's a running back, there's a tight end, there's a deep threat. Can you find that guy and make that throw? When he threw that interception against Texas, he threw two of them, uh, they they, they immediately said, okay, we're not going to go over the middle. We're not going to ask you to make multiple reads. We're going play action, wide zone, and outs. One read throws, we're going to move the ball around, and we're going to find you there. So I really like what they've been able to do with him because I don't think Bohannon is exceptional. Um, I think that he is good. One shout out yeah. to Earl, Arkansas. The Earl, uh, Earl Bulldogs were the rivals of the Mark Tree Indians, the high school my father went to. Um, and so Jerry uh, Gary Bohannon came from Earl, uh, maybe the only FBS player ever to come out of Earl, Arkansas. And he has not. Um, you know, I, I I believe he was a three star. Um, but he was uh, no one. Everyone thought this was Jacob Zeno's team up until about fall camp, right? And so Bohanet has come in and and performed admirably under these circumstances. He's relatively mobile. Um, he's not exceptionally accurate, but he does what he's asked very very well.
1: Right, and so that's kind of what I what I wanted to. Uh, touch on was that you're right so he's not the most accurate but he also doesn't make mistakes that lead to turnovers all that often right so you look at Taekwondo Thornton well
0: only certain, because no, go, ahead. go ahead go ahead no no no. tell me if I'm wrong only because okay so it's kind of like Dylan. Do, do you remember this last year PFF was like Dylan Gabriel only has four turnover worthy plays in 900 com- attempts right over, you're right. Like, that's because he's not making hard throws. No, they're I, I, scheming against. Yeah, they're they're like scheming for him to not have to make those throws. A little bit. That's Bohannon. He's not really hitting that deep over the middle of the field. He's not really hitting deep to his right because that requires a little bit more processing and a little bit more risk.
1: Right. Just here's the point I was trying to make. Right. So Thornton is their of their main wide receivers, he's more of the deep threat. I would say. I mean, he's averaging fourteen point two eight odds um, and Estrada is 14.3, but he's only been targeted 21 times. Uh, Thornton's been targeted 58 times, most on the team, with an ADOT of uh, 14.2. He's been targeted 58 times. He's only caught 37 balls, but he's only dropped three of them. Bohanna does not have that many interceptions. So it's one of the things where, hey, Taekwon's going to go deep, and if you can find him, great. If not, throw it to where nobody can catch it, And... Bohannon,
0: too, is Which is player. what I would do if I had an excellent downfield receiver and a quarterback Correct. who either talent wise was limited, or confidence wise was limited, or my offensive line absolutely sucked ass. Correct. Sorry, now, I said sucked Baylor, ass on the podcast. Baylor
1: has point. two of the three, and not the last one. So, yeah. oh, that's, my point was that I like that. Is that say, "Hey, here's your guy. Go throw it to him, and if not, sail it. Don't care. Just make sure no one else catches it." And they they run that really well. Um, like you said, it's not he's not great at throwing the ball deep, especially to his right side, but he also doesn't make a whole lot of you know interceptions he didn't throw a whole lot of interceptions um, and, and there's there's a value to that
0: with yeah, i know and turnovers gonna, and turnovers are random whatever but still they yeah. don't have to they can do everything else they don't have to press and make those throws
1: yeah exactly um,
0: because so it's the difference like what we were complaining about with like TCU the last couple of years is their alternative to throwing the ball at the middle of the field was like screens and goes and Baylor has intermediate routes. Grant, this is a wild concept. Did you know that a receiver could run five yards and then turn out towards the towards the sidelines? He doesn't have to run in the middle of the field, and he doesn't have to run all the way down the field. I was going to say something
1: very mean, but I'm not going to do so. Um,
0: oh, no. Well, Did I know just, that? I, no, I didn't know that.
1: I, I think I think TCU stopped doing that after um, TCU-Iowa State 2017 which was Kenny Hill throwing that pick that had no chance of getting to the receiver five yards. No,
0: well, what's funny is Max Duggan threw the exact same pick as Kenny Hill twice this year because huh. TCU runs that freaking out and they don't give a second read and the right. quarterback stares it down and anyone who's done their homework can see like, oh yeah, TCU is going to run an out to their number one wide receiver. We're going to jump the route. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, can
1: I, uh, hold, uh, this is a 30 second rant and then I yeah. promise we can go back to Baylor. I apologize. Grant, talking this about, is your podcast. Talking about the predictability of TCU's offense, dude, if we line up in pistol one more time, I'm gonna lose my mind. I love the pistol. It's I think there's a great offense that can be built around the pistol or even just you know using it in spurts. All TCU does is run pistol and say we're either going to hand it off to Zach Evans or Kendra Miller going right. We can hand it off to them going left. I'm sitting on my couch telling my dog, hey, this is going to be a handoff to the right there's no point in it if, you,
0: if they know what you're going to do. I love getting Zach Evans downhill. I understand it. why you would run the Great. pistol. But the entire problem with TCU's offense the last couple of years has been they do not build on concepts. Grant, just once, just once, I want to see Max Duggan pretend to— hu- This is crazy. I don't know if this is legal according to the rules of football. I'll check the rules. Go ahead. I want to see Max Duggan pretend in the pistol to hand it to Zach Evans and— and then immediately throw it to Tay Barber, who is smoking down the field right there, and hit Tay Barber to catch it three yards downfield and then just run for 40 yards. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know.
1: if that, that that doesn't seem like that would work. I don't know.
0: I legitimately— Okay, so so memes aside, that's funny, whatever. Yeah. I, I feel like a crazy person. Grant, I don't know football. Like, no, I know I, if I was I, an I, offensive coordinator, I would get my ass kicked. But even I'm like, dude, you can't just pick plays out of a grab bag. No, you have to build on concepts. It's not even building Baylor on concepts. Baylor builds on concepts. Baylor's going to run right. wide zone, and then the second the linebackers come up, boom, they're going to run wide zone play action, uh, seam, and throw a touchdown to the tight end. It, yeah.
1: it, there's, 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 there's levels to it. It's not even just TCU doesn't build on concepts. It's out of certain formations, TCU only has one concept. Mm-hmm. That's the, if it was If it was one or the other, if it was, hey, we're going to run right or left with Evans or Miller out of pistol, or we have a... I don't know, a, a, a slant we like at a pistol.
0: That's better than what we currently have. Yeah, I say, that, I say that was the problem with West Virginia. So <laughs> the Kansas yeah. State game, complete, absolute, we're not talking about it ever. No. The the West Virginia game, the problem was TCU got so cute, and that's Doug Meacham's problem, is he's like, well, hey. Well, calling
1: plays? but
0: Okay, that's a different discussion. We'll talk about at the end of that. Yeah. That's a different discussion. That is Doug Meacham's problem that he's like, hey, why don't we run a monster formation when we've never run it before? Hey, it's third and through three. Why don't we run bunch with with uh, 22 personnel and uh, run a jet suite that's going to get blown up? Like just the idea of like, hey, that might be a good play if you ever ran this formation in any other way. And it wasn't very obvious of what you're doing right there because you're just picking plays and formations out of a grab bag. Yes. Okay,
1: I'm sorry to derail us. Um, Baylor, what else is it about the offense that we like? Obviously, we, we I think we touched on the offensive line being very good, but um, they really have no holes. Um, just kind of outstanding up front. Uh, Consistent up and game.
0: down, early yeah. down ZPA, 7th in the nation. They're very good at, at kind of attacking early, and so that'll be something to watch. Is like if TCU can – I mean, shoot, TCU is 120th in early down ZPA. If TCU can <laughs> prevent Baylor from taking shots early – Yes, and if maybe maybe they can stop them.
1: And if if some butts were I don't know how the how that saying goes. Um
0: well if uh if frogs had wings their their butts wouldn't hit the ground every time they hopped, Grant.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um I don't know how TCU is going to slow Baylor down. They're not explosive per se, but they're just really disciplined. Um, They they do everything right, and TCU
0: quiet competence,
1: right? Quiet competence. I agree. Um, Again, they're not going to blow you away on offense, but they're not going to make stupid mistakes, and that's enough to win a lot of games in college football. So,
0: and when they do, they have a decent enough defense that they're going to clean up. Um, And so it's like, hey man, I think I think two of those interceptions. I don't think Texas had a point after either of those.
1: No, I agree. And and so do you want that's you made a great transition. I'll allow you to capitalize off of it there.
0: I'm really good at transitioning. So the Baylor defense uh should be their better unit under Aranda. Actually they're they're not, but that doesn't mean they're bad. They're 39th in defensive EPA, 33rd against the pass, but sixty-fourth against the rush. So hypothetically, if there was someone like a five star running back who had explosive power, uh, could potentially really, really mess them up. I think Texas's problem was that they just didn't run enough, which is crazy coming from me. But Texas's yeah. pass game, they had a receiver out. Their pass protection is really bad. And uh, they have really good, really, really good run game. I think the TCU could learn a lesson there and say, hey, we're going to give the ball to our best player and we're going to let them uh, go. But what Baylor probably will do is like West Virginia and just say, fine, run all you want. We're probably going to stop it. We're going to double Quentin Johnston Johnson and you're not going to pass on us. So I I think that this Baylor defense is is fine. I don't think I'm scared of this Baylor defense. I think that a healthy, competently managed TCU offense right now, as is, could score points on this Baylor uh, team. And specifically, the pass, the pass offense for TCU and the rush, the, the specifically the rush defense for Baylor, I think TCU could absolutely exploit. But I don't, I don't think they will. I don't have any faith in the they their ability yeah. to do that at all.
1: Yeah, Baylor's defensive interior is not necessarily solid. Um, Gabe Hall and Siaki yeah. Ika, not not you know not not the standouts on the team. Okay, go ahead.
0: Ika is a freak, and I do not for believe sure. that the way he disrupts plays shows up in the stat line.
1: I, can I'm, can I I'm fine. With, yeah, no, I'm totally fine with that. That, that. That's a fine read. Um, Yeah. I, I just, I, I, the linebacker core is not great either. I mean, where they made their hay is just, they just look at Jalen Petrie and Trel Berdard and say, Hey, why don't you go do something? And it works because they're extremely good players. Um, yeah, there's one thing I do want to point out. So even though he plays for Baylor, I'm a big fan of Raleigh Tejada just cause I was a big Ranthony Tejada fan. And I, 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 I kind of like their whole vibe. Um, Tejada can be exploited passing, but he doesn't. He just doesn't allow yards after the catch. Um, he's averaging 15.8 yards per reception. He's averaging a 67.7 percent completion rate. But on, and let me make sure I get this correct here. Um, yes, he's been targeted five times, allowed 21 completions, but only 53 yards after the catch. That's less than three yards after the catch. So you might be able to. Your receiver might be able to make a play on him, but he's not getting away from him. Um, so if they you know put them on QJ, whatever, and double them, okay, well, QJ's not going to break away. It, it, TCU uses guys like Darius Davis, Tate Barber to make catches in space and then run. Tejada doesn't allow that to happen. So no matter who they run, you well, know, and can put them up against.
0: Tejada's going to be lined up on QJ.
1: Yeah, no, I know. I'm saying even if you try to do some cute formation, I, you know, yeah, yeah it's not going to work.
0: And so that, well, that, that comes down to, I mean, philosophically we're talking about the same thing with TCU offense over and over again, but it's like, Grant, Tay Barber and I, if we catch the ball standing still, we're the same speed. Correct. If we can get it in motion, maybe something can happen there because, I mean, uh, missed tackles. Baylor, 85. That's a lot. That's a, a lot through eight games. It's a whole lot. That's 10.5 per game, according to some math I just did in my head. So um, I think there's opportunities to kind of exploit that. I think that if TCU lines up and says, yep we're gonna try and run inside zone and then one on one for Quentin Johnson they're not gonna get anything at all against the Spanner defense no
1: and I would wager that that would be the game plan um
0: I think what it, what it, what they're gonna do is um <clears throat> they're either they're gonna alternate between doubling Quentin Johnston and just sending Petrie to kill someone
1: yeah. Which, which he's
0: been underwhelming this year, but I, that doesn't mean that he can't just absolutely kill TCU with pressure this year. His
1: numbers his numbers are underwhelming, but I still think he's super good.
0: Oh, like, he's great. I, I, yeah, exactly. I, think, I, think,
1: I think the rest of the defense, like we talked about some of the holes, but I think Aranda's scheme is good enough to where he doesn't have to make every play. Um, and they can just turn him loose to make plays, so he's not required to do everything like he was in sort of his previous well, seasons.
0: Right. And I like what um, we had Cam Saran on about uh, Baylor defense and everything earlier this year. And his, his big analogy was like the Baylor defense is like a really well-stocked toolbox. Yep. And so I think they're going to have plenty of ways to kind of exploit TCU. um, Yeah. uh, Defensively. Anyone else on the defensive side of the ball? We should. um, I mean, honestly, it's a bunch of guys who are like fine. No one who's crazy. So it's like, for me, it's, it's basically Ika Dylan Doyle. I think is really feisty. Uh, Terrell Bernard, Jalen Petrie, and and Raleigh Tejada. Those are kind of the names that are that stand out yeah. to me.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I want to shout out Chidi Ogwanaya for having the same first name as uh, one of my favorite characters from The Good Place. But uh, that's about it. Mm.
0: Um, Parker, can Dude, I? Ask, no, can I I cried. I cried during the oh. Uh, Finale. Yes, it's amazing.
1: Yes, it's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. It's so Excellent good. Excellent TV um, show.
0: Honestly, if TC loses to Baylor by fifty points, Grant and I are going to become a good place rewatch podcast.
1: I have two Kierkegaard books we can talk about. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we can we can get into it. Um, they're all about suffering, so I'm I'm going to revisit them uh, during this TC season. Can can we do like a, a ninety second thought experiment, real quick? Sure. What do you think? TC uses not not what you would run. With the changes in the TCU coaching staff, what do you think TCU's offense is going to try to do this week?
0: Grant, am I allowed to admit when I'm wrong? Is that okay on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the Oklahoma State game in 2020 as a glimmer of hope. Sure. I saw it as Jerry Kill being someone who said, I know what talent we have and what we can and can't run. Doug Meacham... Here's what we're going to throw off the play sheet. We're going to run a, a smaller play sheet, and we're going to be super efficient. Yeah. What that actually turned out to be was, I'm a control freak, and I don't care what you think. We're going to do things my way. Yeah, the smaller play sheet And it sheet just is right, happened to work out. <laughs> it just happened to work out for the Oklahoma State game. So I have no idea. Okay. Um, None at all. I think that there are some tendencies. I do not believe that Gary fully gave the offense over to Jerry kill. So I do believe there's some tendencies where like max threw a ball that was, you know, probably intercepted over the middle of the field. And Gary said, don't run that shit again. Right. Um, so I, I honestly don't expect a lot of difference here because I think that Jerry kill has been in control. Mostly overall. I actually expect us to punt more and go forward on fourth less with Jerry not having any other voices in his head.
1: Okay, that's fine. I just wanted to get your your thoughts on that thought experiment. Um, Do we want to go? We asked for uh, predictions. We're going to run through those and get to coaching candidates because we're already at 45 minutes in this podcast.
0: Already 45 minutes. Um, That's a lot. Yeah, so uh, worst case scenario, West Virginia game, Like, like 44 to 13 or something, right? Like Baylor's West Virginia game, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, I, I could see this turning into sort of how it went last week, where it's just, hey, we just look completely dead and flat. Um, I, I don't think... Yeah, I don't want to go into what I think about what the team is going to feel about how um, how the rest of the year is going to go with Gary not at the helm, but I, I don't necessarily think they're going to get up to prove anything. Um,
0: oh, I have, I have low expectations, absolutely. Yeah, for the rest um, of the year. And... Given the fact that, um, again, F will do it live. Given the fact that Zach Evans is probably transferring. Oh, yeah, 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 And that Max Duggan's foot is hurt. I'm expecting this to be like the Chandler Morris, Kendra Miller show.
1: We, we saw Chandler Morris last week. We didn't talk about that. Not that there was any reason to. Um, we I, I saw say...
0: Chandler Morris scramble and throw short passes against a prevent defense in garbage time. If no, anyone no, wants to make yeah. meaningful inferences about that.
1: I was gonna make any I was gonna say something nice. Can I say something nice? Yeah. Chandler uh, throws every pass very hard. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think the kid's got a. Some got a people
0: cannon. some people were complaining about Max Duggan throwing every pass. No, I know. I will I know. say I had a funny. I think I had a funny tweet where I just said Chandler Morris converts a third and thirteen and it gets pulled back from holding. Uh, welcome to TCU, Yeah, like, right,
1: yeah, yeah. It doesn't <laughs> thank matter. You, thank you for being here. Yeah. I'm I sorry. I completely stole that question about Jerry Kill and sort of the game plan looking. Uh, inspiration from a uh, friend of the program, Blanche Jewett, asked that same question in, in regards to. Oh, uh, shut up. That. Yeah, Lance yeah, is yeah. So Lance I totally is a, stole that. Yeah, so
0: appreciate it. Lance, Lance is a purple theory OG. Yeah, we he like is. him. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so okay, in worst so, case, not good. Best case scenario, TCU gets into a rock fight. There's a bunch of turnovers. Maybe Baylor takes the bait and commits a bunch of penalties that they haven't committed all year because they're amped up. And TCU is able to, um, you know, the defense simplifies because they're not trying to run the 100% Gary Patterson defense. They're probably trying to run the 50% Gary Patterson defense. Um, and... TCU can win this like thirty three
1: thirty two. Oh, I don't see TCU scoring that much. I think if TCU wins, it's 24-20.
0: That'll Ooh, I like guess. that. Okay,
1: I, 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 don't, I don't see them scoring that much. But, but, I was kind of
0: going off yeah. my. So my model has thirty two thirty one Baylor, and that's largely because TCU's passing offense has been so good before the yeah. last two weeks. Grant, TCU's offense was third going into no, the West Virginia game. They're still 15th. Like they're still very good, but recency matters and all that. So Yeah. Um, yeah, what's your what's your actual prediction?
1: Uh, um, give me 35 17 Baylor.
0: Dang, why do we always do the same predictions? I was going to I had in my head 38 17 Baylor.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I this is this is not going to be a fun
0: game. No. no. Actually, screw it. I want I want thirty-eight fourteen Baylor. TCU doesn't kick doesn't score doesn't score at all. They kick four field goals and they get garbage time safety. That's <laughs> what I'm predicting. 3814 Baylor. No touchdowns by TCU. I hate
1: you so much. The, the the predictions that we've gotten, and again, these are from TCU fans. Tommy at C R F fifty one, 42 21 Baylor. Come out, keep it close in the beginning, pack it in, in the second half. Baylor a lot, TCU much less from Milton Geist and 4220 from Corbin uh, at please make a bowl. Yeah, it's it's not going to be fun. Um I I have to watch this uh, game. shout out uh shout out to ahead. team
0: team Radar who is Team Radar Pumpkins yes. for Halloween and his prediction is chaos, which that's TCU's best case scenario. Oh, yeah, the chaos. crazier it can yeah. get the better.
1: Yeah, I am all for chaos. Um do you want to talk candidates real quick, I guess? Uh I I hold on. Actually I'm I'm gonna commandeer this real quick. Please. I, I have heard far too much discussion, some of it serious, about Deion Sanders coaching TCU. Now let me tell you. I like Deion Sanders as a age as a chaos agent. I like Deion Sanders as a entity. I do not want Deion Sanders coaching my college football team. I do not want Yeah. Yeah, like now would I lean into the bit if it happened? Yes, but I I, I don't I don't want to. I don't, it's not going to happen. No one should want him coaching TCU, no matter how great he might be in the transfer portal or whatever. Th- this should not be a serious discussion. I don't care what the rumors are. Maybe they'd reach out to his agent. I don't know. I will stop doing this podcast if I'm wrong. Deion Sanders is not going to coach TCU. Please stop asking.
0: No. Okay, if Deion Sanders coaches TCU, you're not stopping this podcast. You're just paying for the gold chains that you and I are going to buy.
1: Fine, whatever. But point is, is um,
0: okay. Yeah. Can I grant censor this at your will? Um, a couple forces here. One, I think that people want to cite Deion Sanders' recruiting ability, and one, they're using 2022 20, stats before everyone has filled out their 22 to two class, which is stupid. Um. Two, they are misunderstanding the fact that TC was not an HBCU. I know that's news to some people. And that is why Deion Sanders has been involved in coaching is he wanted to raise awareness for that. He is paying for teams to have the names on the back of their jerseys, opposing teams to have the names on the back of the jerseys. Um, And so he very clearly has a mission in college football, and that is to be an HBCU coach. Um, and again, I'm breaking news here, but TCU is not an HBCU. TCU might be as opposite an HBCU as any any school in America. They are a private, religiously um, adjacent uh, school. Um, two other things that I'm going to say. One of them I won't be delicate about, and the other one I will. Grant, one. What the hell was the whole? Somebody stole stuff out of my locker, and I'm going to beat oh, them. Yeah. and whatever thing that had like, whiffs of a that's... helmet
1: flying into uh, into the post game et cetera, TCU. We SMU. Yeah,
0: yeah, we don't need that. The second thing, um, I'm going to be very, I'm going to be very vague here. Um, TCU as a university, as an institution, both athletically and academically, is concerned with optics. And I believe that the people in charge right now would feel that they had done a job that was not um, good if they did not get seen interviewing candidates who did not fit a certain mold. That is not any comment on the quality of an individual. That is not any comment on the fitness of this job. That is not any comment on society and race and anything. I'm just saying, it looks like a pretty transparent scramble to say, "Hey, we actually interviewed minority candidates and we considered them." I do not believe that Deion Sanders is a serious candidate.
1: Yeah. Also, talk about optics. Uh, Prime Prep was an hour down the road. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, um,
0: uh, I get it. People are unserious. They don't understand a lot of things, um, and that's fine. It would be super cool, Grant. It would be so cool, man. If my life was just like, you could flip this one switch and everything would be good, how great would that be? It would be so nice if you was like, hey, just hire Deion Sanders and everything is going to be okay. That's that's not, not serious. how it works. That's not going to go well. Not yeah. how it works. Um, okay. Harrison uh, Ford, that's not how the force works. GIF. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's past my reach. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Parker, right now, Uh, So we we both have some inside info from various sources that would lead us to believe that a certain candidate is very high on the list. Do you – okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Sonny Dykes or The Field?
0: Sonny Dykes. Yeah. Yep. Can I – Grant. Okay, so here's the thing. I don't have a professional reputation in terms of breaking news. I'm not a journalist. I don't give a shit. Here's what I'll say. I, I, I have um, friends. They they are connected. They know about things. They have been right about things in the past that have passed along to me that Sonny Dykes' wife has texted people and told them that they are coming back to Fort Worth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My, my source for the record is a current college football assistant who has also heard the same thing.
0: So other and yes, so I've heard that from more than this just one source. Right. And then I have reached out to people who would know and said, if I'm wrong, tell me and I will delete this tweet. Yeah. And they've said, Yeah. It looks like that's gonna happen. So I think that TC was interviewing broadly because one, and I support this, Jeremiah Donati is trying to establish himself outside of Gary Patterson's legacy. Yep. He is trying to say, I'm not the guy who the job fell to after Chris Del Conti. I'm not Gary Patterson's lackey. I'm my own man. And I respect the hell out of that. Yep. Um, and, and so I get that. But I do think that this is a little bit of posturing to say, actually, we made a national search and we're going to hire hire the easy candidate.
1: All I ask is just, I just want them to interview Billy Napier. I just want them to interview.
0: Uh, okay. So I know I, know, I know, I know. No. My, I, my Grant, we've talked about, I thought Billy Napier was waiting out Alabama. I think he's waiting out Florida, dude, and that's going to come open next year.
1: It might come open after this year, if we're being honest. No, um, well, I,
0: I think I think they said it's not going to come open this year. But uh, well, I, I don't know what the bio I, you know, it
1: is, but yeah. But, um, he's,
0: he's not waiting. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I
0: He's not coming to TCU.
1: I know. I want him to, but that doesn't mean it. Me anything. too,
0: and I think his quality of life would be better, but.
1: What are you going to do? Um, a couple other names that I just want to. Okay, I know it's dykes of the Field, just... um,
0: Yeah. Let's do one sentence. No, I could be wrong. I'm not 100%. I'm like 80%. I could be wrong. That's fine.
1: Let's do one sentence takes here. Um, Okay. uh, Graham Harrell.
0: Interesting. I would need to know the defensive coordinator. I do not think that he is interested at all.
1: Completely agree. Jeff Traylor.
0: Uh, Said he doesn't want the Texas Tech job. Is too expensive for TCU. He wants a TCU job. I don't think they're going to offer it to him.
1: I don't think he's too expensive. I just don't think they're going to offer it to him. I think they, they'll, they'll be able to raise the money. But uh, well, he's too,
0: he's too expensive for what he's done. Remember, like Seth Luttrell had the Kansas oh, State gotcha, job two gotcha. years ago, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Shit happens, yeah. man. Yeah, I don't it know. Does. yeah,
1: it does. It um, does. Fuente. Uh,
0: I I'm very happy to to report no. Evidently. Um, things are bad enough there. He's gonna get fired after defend- December one. Yep. TCU does not see that as the inevitability that we did a couple weeks ago. So
1: Which no. I think is good. I think that um Yeah, I, I oh, I'm gonna say something mean, but I think every TCU fan should pull for Virginia Tech to lose every game moving forward just to
0: make sure that the probability No, well lose. no, he's he's already fired Grant. No, I know His he's already fired drops on like December one. That's not. That's what I why mean. I haven't fired him yet. That's yeah. not what I meant. I know he's gonna. Oh, be fired. you're saying PR like optics? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah.
1: I'm saying like it, they need to lose enough games to where TCU can't hire him. Is what I. Yes. Mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, trying to think of other names. No, I, and I'm yeah.
0: saying TCU understands that they're not good, interested. Good,
1: which which I'm glad to hear. Um, you floated Bill Penn ball which I really liked on a on another podcast, but or on the one of the um, Frogs of War crossovers. Yep. But
0: I love it. I think it um, makes sense. Not gonna happen. I think it makes no. sense.
1: Um, do you, what would your feeling be on an internal hire? I don't think they're going to do it. No. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. Are there any other candidates we need to do a one sentence review for? I know you're tired of talking about I'm, this, but
0: I feel like this is just, and Jeff and I have talked about this. So I feel good. I feel fine. Like talking about this podcast. I feel like Jeff is kind of wish casting Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning is going to be a head coach, the defensive coordinator at Georgia. He has no Texas ties. He's making a lot of money at Georgia. They're going to win a national championship this year. I do not think that he is interested, and I do not think he makes sense for TCU. But that's the other name that I'm hearing like seeing on Twitter. I think that would be interesting for sure. Um, I've also talked to a couple of Georgia people, and there is no smoke that he is like looking or pursuing for a job. So that doesn't mean he's not. But I am I think that's a little wish-casting.
1: Yeah, I just guess my question is, if, if Lanning is an option, why not Elko? Who may be 95% of the defensive coordinator that Lanning is, though I don't think he has the talent, but also has Texas ties. I know they're also not reaching out to Elko, but anyway.
0: I would reach out to Elko. I don't know. I would around. reach
1: out to Elko, but I'm not involved in this coaching search. Um,
0: yeah. That Max, is a good scratch, yeah. Max. Max,
1: he is scratching a soft cone.
0: Okay, really quick, do you want anything else on the coaching search that you have?
1: Would you stop? Um, no, I, I, I think um, – I apologize to the listeners. Max, uh,
0: dude, we, getting after Max got fixed this week. I don't know if you guys got fixed know that. He yeah, got fixed home on
1: Tuesday morning. I, I, on Tuesday, deep-headed. he was
0: like, hey, Grant, something is different and I can't explain it. And I'm if wearing this
1: cone. If you're an hour into this podcast, you're willing to excuse this noise. Um, no, I think we're – I mean – we're going to talk about coaching searches or the coaching search for the next four weeks until a decision is made. Yeah. Uh, the only
0: thing I will well, say, we'll is probably that, talk about that more than TCU football. Honestly. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's more to talk about. Um, the only thing I will say is that I would not expect an official announcement during the season because no. I do think it'll be dykes and I don't think they'll. Yeah. So I think yep. it's going to be, hey, and Pete. I think he's
0: a good guy and won't do that do to too. his players.
1: right I do now. too. Yep. yeah, I do too.
0: Um, Okay, Big 12, let's just do pick them real quick, and then let's Good. get out
1: of here. Do you have it pulled up? I Kansas don't.
0: State, Kansas yeah. State, Kansas.
1: Kansas State, don't know what the spread is, don't care.
0: Yep, uh, Oklahoma State, West Virginia.
1: Um, Oklahoma State.
0: West Virginia's been coming on strong, man. I think that
1: I— Beating TCU is not Morgan, coming, on, coming on strong.
0: No, dude, they beat Iowa State. Their offensive know, line is healthy. Jared Dagey is who I thought he was. Stop it, stop uh, it. I I I wouldn't be surprised if West Virginia pulls that out more in Morgantown. Um, the other one there's only four games this week. Oklahoma has a bye and Texas Tech has a bye. Yeah. Right. Um so it's Texas Iowa State. I think Iowa State has six points there. Uh I'm going Iowa State. Is it in Ames or Austin? Not that it necessarily. It's matters.
1: in Ames. Yeah, it's Iowa, in State. Ames.
0: Iowa State.
1: Iowa State. Cuz I mean I, yeah, yeah, Texas um, Oh, Oh <laughs> We didn't talk about the monkey, but there was a monkey. We (laughs) Look, man, I I, I do not feel shame at all for finding delight in that story, as long as that child is okay. So that's all I'm going to say.
0: Look, man, sometimes you're the windshield and sometimes you're the bug. That's all I got to say. It
1: brought me a lot of delight. That afternoon, as like the Gary stuff was happening, like all this, it was like,
0: well, that honestly, had vibes of the um, like when when Zach Smith, the old disgraced Ohio State coordinator who's gone, yeah, tried to like drag down Tom oh, Herman, yeah. and Tom Herman was like, dude, I okay, very cool. clearly Look, have the moral high ground on you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you're yeah. like, dude, if Tom Herman has the moral <laughs> high ground on you, you are a piece of shit. Like. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just That's how crazy. this podcast ends. There was a monkey.
0: Weird story. This has been Purple Theory Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at war. You can find Grant on Twitter at Grant McGalliard. Spelled like it sounds with all those vowels. Um, I will be in person at the Baylor TCU game. I do not want to be in person at the Baylor TCU game, but I'm here, so I might as well. Um We'll be watching games and and talking and and as the season goes on, even as TCU under interim head coach Jerry Kill does whatever it's going to do, we'll talk about uh, what the future looks like and all of that. So thanks for liking, subscribing, being along. Um, Other than that, Grant, go Frogs. Go Frogs.